Welcome to I Have Some Notes special bonus side notes edition. I Have Some Notes is part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. My name is Greg Beaver, your temporary host, and uh, with me today is... Aaron Beaver. <laughs> yeah, we're the Beavers. <laughs> Aaron's here today because uh, we were working on a, uh, a special project together for this side notes. As you listeners know, Colin recently retired as a uh, host of I Have Some Notes. And uh, we wanted to salute him with that, with a best of show. So this is the very first uh, clip show for I Have Some Notes. And I think it's going to be the very last because it was <laughs> it was a lot of work to put it together. How many, we, we listened to a lot of hours of our own show. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Listening to your voice constantly. What do you think is, what was your, what, was, what did you love about uh, Colin as a host? Uh, well... He's my friend, and he's really funny. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what I I noticed that like uh, when I was when we were listening to the episodes is that Colin he would frequently say something funny that nobody picked up on. <laughs> he would it would just be it would just be quiet and quick, yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. just you would just let a zinger go, and and it happened so fast that nobody really picked up on it. But I went, but it's really great listening to the old episodes and just sort of like picking up on these little tiny things that he was doing that so subtly. But I always I always appreciated like his how um how much energy he had, you know, and uh, and how positive he was all the time. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to throw to that, but first uh, we have to uh, pay some bills. So uh, this is normally the part where I would I would do some sort of ad read for ATB, but I'm not going to do that um, because there's a real simple reason why you should bank with ATB if you're thinking about switching your banks or you're waffling on it. It's just because like, they're sponsoring this podcast and, and this really dumb <laughs> show. <laughs> and, like, and any bank that is crazy enough to sponsor us and the litany of other Alberta Podcast Network shows. That's the kind of crazy that you want in a bank. <laughs> and, and and you need to go to ADV and just throw them all your money. Just give all of the money to them. <laughs> They'll hold it for you. I mean, it's just not, it's not like you're just like... Yeah, they're not giving your money to yeah. us. But they'll, Presumably, they'll give it back to you <laughs> when you want it. I think that's how a bank works. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> hope they appreciated that ad. <laughs> now we will throw it off to the uh, the show. So I hope you enjoy this the best of Colin McIntyre. So welcome everyone. This is I Have Some Notes. This is the podcast where we fix flawed but almost quite there movies in popular culture. My name is Colin McIntyre. Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the movie podcast where we take... Oh, big budget, lots of stars, lots of lots of charisma, movies that fall flat on their face, and we pick them up and brush them off and get them on the merry way to school. Uh, my name is Colin. <laughs> Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the podcast where we take uh, popular, sometimes not very popular, and, uh, movies. Definitely that, not in this case. De- <laughs> movies that um, were kind of good, also definitely not in this case, and try to fix them. Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the movie podcast where we take terrible, 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 terrible action movies and try to make them better, but we can't because they're terrible. 
part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV Financial. My, I, my name is Grumpy Colin McIntyre. I'm less grumpy, Scotty Bourgeois. I'm the least grumpy, Greg Beaver. And actually, for, for actually, when we talk about where the movie are wrong, the minute the Superman suit is shown, I got this like the first time watching it, going like, uh oh. Because it, it was basically they're talking, all of a sudden it's like, you're going to inspire people. It's like, flunk, opens up a door, yeah. and here's it the just, Superman suit just on a rotisserie. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so he puts on the suit, he starts to figure out how to fly, kind of sort of. He zips around the world, and then isn't it like, and then like the alien ship shows up, but his first active suit as Superman is to like go home to his mom's farm and do the dishes and drink a beer yeah, and just kind of like waiting that. there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, wait, what? What's, what's, like, this is your inspiring act? Like, I was kind of waiting for, like, okay, he's like a montage of, he's going to go start saving people and people are going to start getting excited about the Superman guy. Just like, nope, I'm going to have a Budweiser and watch (laughs) some football. Okay, first of all, there's one thing about this movie that I absolutely love. And that is that in that opening scene where they're, where the uh, the resistance is uh, tricking, uh, Skynet by hiding in one of their vehicles, right? <laughs> there are Whistle there are skeleton Terminators driving a truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of. But that's always been a thing I, in Terminator I, where they're I like they're, they're strangely attached to being human in some ways. Like why design them like that at all? <laughs> but there's always been this weird thing where they're they're you know they're, they hold guns instead of have gun arms, yeah. things like that. Like it's this weird right. design choice that they made. Maybe because they came from humans, they're trying to like. No, it's dumb. It's, I, but it's been dumb since the first one. I kind of briefly <laughs> thought about that too. I'm, I'm, I was thinking to myself, so they still have trucks in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But instead of like actually just having like Terminator robot trucks, they're just like, nah, we'll just, we'll just we'll we'll keep the Mac trucks. We'll just make the Terminators drive. <laughs> I wanted to like, what other jobs do Terminators have? That like, does they <laughs> infiltration, terminating. Uh, but do they have like, like delivery like Terminator? Like, these are like the yeah, alert, like a, the Uber Terminator robots. Yeah, like yeah. a yeah. mopping one. Like, like the, 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 wor- the working class Terminators <laughs> who are just cleaning up after all the others. See, like you only see the flashy Terminators, I, but behind I, the scenes, I kind of like where this is going because <laughs> this sets up a movie where we maybe have like a young Terminator who knows like his. His destiny is he wants to be like an infiltrator Terminator killer bot, yeah. but he's like, no, you're going to work in the, in the Terminator grocery <laughs> store like your dad and your dad before you. <laughs> you can't squash my dreams, dad. It becomes like a Disney movie. But like I would watch that like movie Island, in yeah. like a second over this. <laughs> Being here, uh, and the movie we are going to be talking about tonight is, well, if you can find them, The A-Team. You can hire them. You can find them. Uh, this is the the 2010. Then find them again. Yeah. This, then hire them at a reduced rate. <laughs> and get a referral for your neighbor for ten percent off your next uh, soldier of you, fortune. Yeah, your next mercenary needs. Yeah. <laughs> but but fair question, uh, Sally. What are what are your initial thoughts of the movie? Um, well, like I said, I'm not a fan of the genre, so it was sort of interesting to watch it from the perspective of somebody who really has no interest in movies like that. Okay. I like feelings movies and like... Yes, mm-hmm. there's feelings, there's pity, there's, there's, yeah. pity and there's, uh, there's fools. There's, <laughs> there's plans coming together. There's plans. There's friendship. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just... It was interesting to watch, though, from the perspective of someone who doesn't like that genre, because I kept asking Jeff the whole time. 
why do men like these movies? <laughs> or like, who are ladies who like these movies? But like, when guys are like, I like a movie like this, I like going to see these movies, what yeah. is it? Because what guys always say is it's action. They like the action. They like things blowing up. Yeah. But if that's the case, why don't you just watch a reel of things blowing up? <laughs> Uh, full disclosure, I've watched real thing boys. <laughs> Was it better or worse? You're than assuming we haven't done it. that. <laughs> so, so this, so this movie. So let's spoil this movie if you've never seen it. So this movie, it's kind of set in uh, rural, uh, fishy America. Yeah, <laughs> that along was... along the fish coast. Along the yeah, fish coast. it's never very very uh, adamant about us knowing that they're in a small fishing town. Yeah, <laughs> they bring it up like every five seconds. Yeah. People yeah. just wear their fishing gear yeah. out on the street. Yeah. I, be- I believe, and I believe it's taking it's taking part during the July Fourth celebrations at Fishtown, USA. Yeah. <laughs> In North Fishalina. <laughs> Every person in the town is either a so, fisherman or sells so, accessories to <laughs> I've seen, this is the second time I'd seen the movie, and I thought for sure Freddie Prince dies in it. I was actually shocked he actually lives the entire thing. I'm like, what? Really? I thought he gets killed. Yeah. I yeah. thought the only left standing is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Well, they had that kind of strange thing when it gets to like the climactic fight too, where it's like, it kind of plays as if it's like a big showdown between Freddie Prince Jr. and the murderer. Yeah. Except he doesn't really, like he... Like, he sits there and gets beaten up by the murderer yes. to distract him while Jennifer Love Hewitt, like, kind of screams at them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like one of those <laughs> older horror movies where, like, she can't fight back because she's a girl, she just has to scream at them. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like... A lot like, of people die because they get distracted by people screaming yeah. at them. <laughs> but then at the end, like, he doesn't even really beat the killer. Like, the killer just has this, like, so, Inspector Clouseau kind of catastrophe. Yeah. And just falls so into the action. That was going to be my next cut. Is yeah. This is the ending of this movie <laughs> where the guy just reveals himself to be the killer, which is really, as you quote, quote, Greg, just not... Not at all scary. It's not like at all. It's just like, oh, I'm he a just, guy. I'm he a just guy who walks like, up on the dock he's and he's like, it's it's me. And yeah, you're like, I'm what? <laughs> it's a me. You're a murderer. <laughs> and then and then during the whole like the like the big climax, he he goes to like stab Jennifer Love Hewitt, and his the hero of the movie is actually just tangly ropes because he gets caught in tangly ropes. And then Freddie Prinze just just holds on the rope and he goes up and into the water. So the real hero is tangly rope. It's, kind of like, <laughs> it's an inanimate carbon rod. Like, <laughs> so which kind of makes again it comes back to my my Freddie Prinze. It's like what's he doing in the movie? All he did was, was like pull the rope. Yeah. Uh, everyone uh, have a safe and happy holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever you're doing. Whatever. If you're stealing other presents and then giving them back the next day, cringe style. Uh, go for it. That's fine. Yeah. But be careful when you eat snowflakes. You might be eating a tiny little cage universe. Did, did you just encourage people to steal Christmas presents? If they're going to give them back. And if they're good. Grinch style. <laughs> like, okay, steal your Christmas presents and then like, oh look, here's your Christmas presents back. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, it works out really well for the Grinch. If you, Well, there you go. See? If they, if that's The story of, of Christmas is what the Grinch is doing. <laughs> Stealing and giving back. Yeah. <laughs> And being, there's no repercussions whatsoever. <laughs> That's what Everyone lives happily ever after. Uh, we've discussed what, uh, what we'd like to keep and what we'd like to cut from Suicide Squad. Now, limber up, do some stretching, <laughs> do some uh, some dynamic stretching. We're gonna try to fix this hunk of garbage. <laughs> so I don't know who wants to take a stab at it. So here's what I have in my notes uh, for like you know trying to make this a bad uh, good movie. Uh, I don't have any notes, so I'm relying entirely <laughs> on you guys. So I have, I have, I've got a fresh sheet of paper. Oh, yeah. See, so you, didn't, paper. you didn't come up with any changes, but you shat all over, all over the one change that I wanted to make. <laughs> That's true. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so yeah. Well, yeah. So so I said, you know, cut Enchantress. You say keep Enchantress. Yeah. 
I'm okay with either, either or I'm not very good at either. But yeah, so what, how do we make this a better movie? Who wants to go first? Just throw them out there. Well, I th- like I said, well, we sort of like covered a little bit of it, but I think the, the, the central thrust of the movie should be uh, Enchantress and Flag, and I think we should open the film on Enchantress, or are they, what's her name, June Moon, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah. She's... Is it June Moon? Right? June Moon! June Moon! June Moon! <laughs> Good. I kind of like that name because it harkens back to that classic comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Peter that's Park, true. Peter Parker, Clark Kent, yeah. Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> the classic comic book character, <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> Wasn't he the spirit? Anyway, go move on. Moving on. <laughs> okay, Greg, I have a movie pitch for you. All right. You know how people love Alien and then they love Aliens? Well, I've got something that's going to knock your socks off. Alien Cubed. So you know Newt and Corporal Hicks and uh, the robot guy? Yeah, beloved characters. All beloved. They're all dead. They're all dead, Greg. <laughs> Killed them all off. And now Alien, Ripley is still alive, though. We're going to shave her head, put her on a planet that's kind of a made, of, made of prisoners. Not made of prisoners. It has prisoners. <laughs> That'd be incredible if they're made, uh, if but they're kind made of, of prisoners. But they're kind of religious, and they're fighting against a doggy alien xenomorph. As it runs around a maze, and they're trying to chap, trap it. And All right, like, and I have and some notes, Colin. <laughs> uh, one other thing, actually, and uh, Anita pointed this out, and I, I kind of agree with it. One thing that she would definitely keep is the love scene. She would keep the love yes, scene? Yes, because Why? she thinks it's very tastefully done. I she know thinks what? It's, she there thinks it's, it's not necessarily that it's titillating nope. or, or, like, sexy. It's that it's... <laughs> it's, it's not sexy. It's... It's, it's tasteful. It is the obvious of this taste. She calls sexy. it tasteful. It is a tasteful love scene where you get the point. Yes, but it's not like exploited. You know what? I agree with that. Like yes. in the eighties, they would have definitely shown some ass. Yeah, they would have shown, definitely shown some breasts mm-hmm. during that, and they didn't. And they, they could have, but they yeah. didn't. And it's kind of shot in silhouette, and it's it's definitely kind of one of those iconic love scenes. Partly because this is again kind of one of those iconic movies. That's that's something that's definitely gone away now. There isn't isn't the obligatory sex scene anymore. No, there isn't. And and you used to used to go to a movie and you were for sure guaranteed to see one set of boobies. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and there wasn't one that one. It's it's interesting because I I watched it with my fiance too. My fiance was like, she was like. She was like, oh, because like Kelly McGinnis like went down and like licked, licked Tom Cruise's neck. And she's like, oh, that, that's an interesting move. I might try that one day. Ah. <laughs> Aaron was making loud gagging sounds during that love scene. Fair enough. Nita liked it. She oh. thought she thought it was it was a tasteful. But so Aaron has uh, she doesn't like Tom Cruise that much. Fair enough. Yeah, that might that might have been part sense. of the problem. Uh, but uh, fun fun trivia about that scene. So uh, when they first show so test audiences when they first showed a cut of the movie that scene was not in it. And so the well, the, what the reactions of the audience was like we well, there should be a love scene because it, obviously it was the eighties and Greg was right there was always there was always a love scene so they actually had to get McGillis uh, and Cruise back. They only had them for like. A, like a, like I think it was like in the in the Wikipedia says like literally minutes like maybe like fifteen minutes to shoot this thing and they so they shot it and added it afterwards so is uh, that the same day they brought them back for that elevator scene yeah maybe too where she's where she's wearing a hat because, because her, her hair is different because her hair is a different color oh yeah, yeah for that sure. makes sense that yeah. makes sense that makes yeah. sense oh god that scene uh, <laughs> that well, okay what, well, there's disagreement what, over what the love what scene I, what we'll, I like we'll come about back this scene it. is that when I when I saw it when I was younger I was like 
boy, this is awkward. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And now I am uh, I am almost 40. I am married. And that scene still makes me feel awkward <laughs> and very uncomfortable. So nothing's changed in that. Oh, goodness. Uh, the uh, film we have today to discuss for your listening pleasure is the 2003... Uh, this is the pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it was not all, like, smooshed together. Uh, this is Daredevil, the Ben Affleck version. <laughs> I guess there's only two versions. It's not like there's, like, <laughs> no, multiple versions. <laughs> who's, who's the guy in the new, in the new, who's the new Daredevil? Uh, uh, Charlie Cox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's British, right? Yes. Yeah, so this harkens back to an era, boys and girls, when American superheroes were Americans. <laughs> uh, you didn't have your Benedict's Cumberbatch. Yeah, exactly. And your and Charlie's your Henry Cox. Cavill's and your Tom Holland's and your <laughs> your Christopher Nolan's and Patrick Stewart's and all those Hugh Grant's. <laughs> uh, which, which superhero was he? I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't he one of the Avengers? <laughs> he must have been. Uh, he was is, in there somewhere. This is... Uh, you too can get on the note having you can follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram we'll let you know what movie is coming up and you can let us notes uh, you can give us notes uh, and we will read them on the show just like I'm going to do right now right now Colin right now uh, Nathan Martin said well the soundtrack was nice and I don't care what anyone says Colin Farrell is the best part of this movie <laughs> you're welcome to have that opinion <laughs> he tried, uh, he he's tried very goofy. hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how loud uh, loud sounds hurt Daredevil in the end, but he blasts his music at 11 at the beginning. I mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, inconsistent. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think the movie is broken as much as it was tone deaf. My, so my weird callback thing <laughs> is, is, is that, is that like... Was that a pun? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I, I was wondering how, like, it, they kind of established your that for Daredevil to sleep, he needs to sleep in his, like... Like sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. Uh, but then after he, him and, and Electra have their night of romance, he just wakes up and he's in a bed. I'm like, you couldn't sleep if you were in a bed. There's <laughs> the no way. The sound of her breathing would have been like I know. nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> no, like her hair growing would have made you crazy. Like <laughs> he didn't sleep. He just yeah. Lied. He just lied there the whole time. <laughs> this um, is, I'm in hell. <laughs> but it that worked. he was that he it was it was intentional self sabotage. Oh okay. Like yeah. he. He did not want to go back out with Gypsy Danger. And he the reason why he's been rejecting co-pilot after co-pilot is because... Of his own fear. He's the one who's been sabotaging everybody. Yeah. And, and not even necessarily intentionally, or he's just been kind of keeping it to himself. But coming clean about that, realizing yeah. the importance of the mission that needs to be done, yeah. and starting to come around to liking Mako. Not even... I don't think there should be roman- a romantic subplot. It should be very much like big brother-little sister yeah. relationship. That's what makes him go we to conquer that and be like we need to go out and I, we need I think to do you this. need to make him like a bigger jerk than uh, than like Pentecost. Like he's got to be he's got Oh, like, absolutely. Pentecost needs to be more likable. Yeah, he's got to be, like gotta be a bigger old yeah, man so like Rally, Rally's just like the asshole that won't who's who's a, almost a bigger obstacle to Mako getting into a Jaeger than than uh, Pentecost. Which is why it's a the kind of a, a second act twist then is that um he finally starts to come around to being to, to her being his co-pilot, and that's when Pentecost, out of nowhere, just kind of shuts it down. Yeah. And it's maybe revealed that the reason he hooked her up with him was because he just assumed that she'd be rejected, because everyone else was. <laughs> he was kind of trying to sabotage her dream, now because he didn't want to put her in danger. We're adding yeah. so many layers to Mako getting screwed over now. But because she's the main character, it's, it serves her to have, to have that kind of yeah. betrayal. Yeah. And then that way they can reconcile when he does sacrifice himself. 
so that there's there's that's that pays off better. Del Toro, if you're listening, this is Oscar number two. <laughs> just a remake of the original yeah, Pacific Rim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you rebooted Spider-Man four times in like five years. Reboot the Pacific. So this would be the part of the part part of the podcast where I would say, let's turn it into a musical. <laughs> However, I am happy to report that the morning after my wife and I watched this movie, the first thing she said to me in the morning was, I just had a dream. I was watching High School the Musical set in the Pacific Rim universe. Uh-huh. And I call that a victory. <laughs> so I am starting to write uh, lyrics as we speak. Um, the lead song is going to be called Drift Compatible. Drift <laughs> Compatible. <laughs> Everyone Drift Compatible. Yeah, exactly. Hello, Scott. Yes, Colin. I have a movie pitch for you, sir, today. Oh, I'm excited to hear okay, it. Okay, it is a pirate movie. Already on board. It's got action. Yeah. It's got cannons. Amazing. It's got Gina Davis. Okay. And it's got Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, awesome. With, with a twist. Okay. Michael Douglas can't make it. Oh, God. So we've got Tom Cruise. Oh, that's awesome. With a twist. Okay. Tom Cruise also doesn't want to do oh, it. Oh, no. We've got Keanu Reeves, though. That sounds great. Too late. He's out. Oh, my God. We've got Charlie Sheen. Okay, sure. Charlie Sheen doesn't want to do it. Oh, my God. We got Matthew Modine, though. Who? Oh, God. Call it. I've got some notes. This is this is the latest installment of the... Okay, so this movie has like 49 titles. Is it Fate, Fate, it's Fate of the Furious or Fate of the Furious? Or F8. Or F8. Fast 8. Fast 8. Uh, eight fast. I ate fast. <laughs> I ate fast. This is eight. <laughs> so this is okay. And even okay, even the franchise is it Fast and the Furious or just Fast and Furious franchise? The Fast and the Furious, I think, yeah, is the original. So. Even title. even the Wikipedia is giving me like a like a question mark. Anyway, this is this is the eighth movie of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, Greg, hi. I hear you like action movies, like Die Hard. Do I? Uh, you do. I also hear you like uh, you like hockey. I, I, yeah, I do so, like hockey. So what if we we took those two things you loved and we smushed them together in 1995? Wait, don't answer yet. I'm going to sprinkle in some Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. Close to maybe at the tail end of uh, peak Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's going to fight uh, a mass hockey mascot, uh, some other people. Uh, he's going to disarm some bombs. He's going to be a firefighter, but also a ninja. It's going to take place in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals when no one seems right. excited about it. And they're going to have a helicopter crashing through the roof of a hockey rink. And just just mayhem and kids sneaking water is pistols it, is, into arenas. Where's the point where I interrupt you and say I have some <laughs> Right there. <laughs> Hey, Scott. So you know that uh, that Transformers movie you were, you wanted to make and you've got all the money in the world to make? Yeah, and I'm totally on board with it. Cool. That. So I've lined up an all-star cast for you. Are you Fantastic. ready for it? Fantastic. Tell I me. i got the biggest names in Hollywood. Yes. Like General Motors. Uh, what? eBay. Huh? Mountain Dew. Wait. Dell Computers. Um. Burger King. Please stop. I United have... United States Armed Forces. Oh, God. I have some notes. Can I can I can I uh, can I add something in here? Can no. We, can, can we can we give the robots laser guns, please? Can we take can we take the missiles and the and the shooty bullets and the things with metal casings yeah. and give them lasers? That's my big beef. Lasers can still cause explosions. They can exactly, and they make funner noises. They're cooler to look at. That's me. That's my my seven year old. Yeah, there's a kind of a trend in Hollywood to sort of take away lasers in some sense. Yeah, like they they did that in the uh, in the the Star Trek reboot where there were no phasers; they were more like phaser guns. Yeah, yeah. And, and I I think I think it's because uh, probably because filmmakers like the 
the the impact of a of a projectile like that that is it's a it's a satisfying sound and a, and and maybe just if you're doing like a visual and sound design it's just like this just works better this has more impact when someone gets hit by a projectile you, you know it's yeah. and, but and that doesn't mean it's not to be done i i'm i'm with you i think the the, the laser guns are kind of cool uh, and they were more projectile lasers in Transformers, as I recall. Kind of, they were more like blasters, like yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was complaining to Scott during the break that, like, like yeah. So in in the time when Transformers comes out, it's a cartoon. It's this little universe where Star Wars is a thing and Star Trek's a thing, and lasers are cool. And then for the course of like sci-fi, as we get into like the 21st century, the robots stay, the aliens stay, the ships stay, and I'm thinking like all the video games, like um, like Halo and those things. Yes. <laughs> now, make- Colin. Yes. I'm going to ask you a very important question at this time. Yes. Who was the Transformers cartoon aimed at? It was aimed it was aimed at we young lads. Yes. Now, why do you think they might all shoot lasers? in a cartoon aimed at wee little lads. Because they make noises. They go pew pew <laughs> and they're bright and shiny. And also, they're not guns, which are violent and yes. raise the rating on the cartoon. <laughs> right? In the 80s, that was an actual concern. That's why in like every cartoon you watch from the 80s, no one shoots a gun. Everyone right. has a laser. Right. The G.I. Like, Joes had lasers too, right? G.I. Joes had lasers. The, the, lasers? the Ninja okay. Turtles had lasers. Like everyone yeah. was shooting lasers because a gun was a no-no right. in a cartoon aimed at kids. But lasers were A-okay. Right. Because lasers are just are yeah. just like sci-fi tech. It's, it's yeah. pew-pew lasers. But that was an actual consideration. I'm not okay. saying that to poo-poo the idea of, of pew-pews <laughs> in, the, in our Transformer movie. Yeah. I think we just found our new catchphrase. <laughs> um, there's the t-shirt remember, right there. Yeah. Remember to poo-poo the pew-pews. <laughs> We're doing Secret Life of Pets. This is the uh, 2016 uh, 3D uh, computer animated comedy film uh, directed by Chris Minard, I think is how you pronounce his last name. But uh, this movie uh, had a budget of $75 million. It made a whopping $875 million at the box office. Jesus Christ. $2 million more than, I have some notes, favorite, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And I feel like I've not said those words in this podcast for quite a long time. For not long enough. Yes. <laughs> um, I had no idea this pe- this movie was that successful. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. super. Again, huge. we're we're not the target audience for this well, film. No, we, I mean that's we weren't fair. when it came out, and now we are. Like so, and I should mention this is like my my young daughter is almost two. This is the only thing she will watch on the TV. She calls it meow meow. <laughs> Uh, and just despite it's the fact that it's mostly about well, dogs, dogs yeah um, so yeah so I'm very very careful that she may uh, I'm not gonna rip well I'm gonna kind of rip this movie a little bit but anyway I'm, I'm actually kind of on the same uh, I think we're all kind of the same wave- wavelength where it's like yeah I, I like this podcast it's fun this movie was not refund really to watch and what's funny is that every time we've done a movie that I hadn't seen in a while I'm always like I always kind of find something new that maybe I appreciate because I feel like I watch movies a little bit harder now uh, no this one hurt this yeah. one this one was like a kidney stone yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin was fist bumping earlier. Yeah, so. so this is why I'm fist bumping is because when I come into this podcast with changes, I just kind of like 
I think of two changes, and I'm like, I don't need to figure out how this is going to work. It's because <laughs> the, the table will figure out how it's going to work. And this if is, you say it's a musical, out, it's I'm going to scream. No, it's not a musical. <laughs> so so there's my, I have two changes. So, But first of all, I like your idea. So we're, we're kill, getting rid of the Russian family. Mm-hmm. We're adding Brainiac, and we're doing the whole Superman losing his powers, getting his powers thing. Uh, we're having uh, Wonder Woman try to assemble a team. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to play on the idea of, like, right now on the poster, it says you can't save the world alone. So one of the themes of the movie, which they kind of they kind of play with, but they don't really expand upon, is basically you've got all these heroes together, but they you know they're all these lone wolf lone wolfy characters. They're, oh, I'm 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 I don't work with that well with others that sort of thing, right? So we're gonna play on that. Uh, so but before we do that, so the the so so you've got all these characters who are kind of they come together. So uh, Wonder Woman's kind of bringing them together, uh, but. One of the changes I, make, changes I make because there's really no there's no stakes with Steppenwolf whether it's Steppenwolf or Brainiac, because it's like okay well he's no one's really ever in danger nothing happens so uh, some, so some Amazonian mooks so yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah some yeah. yeah but it's like but like there's no one really you're really attached to is really in any sort of mortal danger so what's gonna happen so my change is that you're gonna have in that first big battle with Brainiac is someone's going to die and this is giving me my new catchphrase on the podcast is <laughs> we're gonna kill a Green Lantern. <laughs> So we've already killed. So there's actually a scene in the movie where they actually like a Green Lantern does die. Yes. Yeah. So so one of my changes is that one of the hero they they actually work. Uh, they, so as part of Brainiac coming to Earth, a Green Lantern comes to Earth, and it can be whoever you want. Hal, Kyle. Oh, it doesn't even have it to can't be, be John. No, it, can, it can be anybody. It can't be John it because can't. you can't kill the black dude. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but you, you could have it be the original uh, Green Lantern for our sector who Abin Abin Jordan gets the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abin yeah. Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you redo the Green Lantern origin there. Yeah. Abin there Sir gets gets murked by Brainiac. Yep. And it kicks off the Green Lantern movie later. Well, yeah. see, see, that's the thing. So yeah, so basically, so you have you have one room saying, look guys, we need to, we need to gang up and, and, and fight this guy. And they're like, okay, fine, let's try this. Green Lantern totally gets murderized, and they're like, "Whoa, we are out. We can't do this. We can't do this by ourselves." Like, so then they. And and, it also and gives you an re- opportunity for like in his in his death, he can sort of explain to the to the group exactly who Brainiac is or whatever. Yeah, or or at least or at least having like the Green Lantern saying, "Hey, I thought you guys were a team. I thought you guys were." And they're like, "Well, no, we're kind of just." Winging we're it. a bunch of vigilantes. Actually, yeah. uh, you can and you can use the Brainiac origin where he is a Kryptonian supercomputer in that yep. sense. Because then Abin Sir can be like, that's a Kryptonian supercomputer who yeah. has gone mad and yeah. is stealing cities from planets and has been drawn to Earth. And they can be like, who else do we know who's Kryptonian? Oh, crap, he's dead. Yeah. How do we fix that? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so now you've got the League is, is splintered and everyone's sort of like, ah, no, we can't do this together. And then it's like, okay, no, we, we really, gosh, we really need Superman. Uh, where they and then they they okay well well we've got these mother boxes maybe we can bring him back, uh, and basically my other change is basically that um, instead of going to dig Superman up, the Flash or someone actually kind of discovers oh by the way, Batman's had Superman's corpse this whole time because he feels obviously he feels super guilty about what happened, but the world also blames him. That's like Batman kind of got Superman killed, and so Batman trying to protect now trying to like sort of protect him you know says okay i'm gonna keep him from keep it from some other bad guy digging him up and, and then you when, don't want another lex Luthor digging up another crypto no exactly, no, exactly. yeah but but what, but actually sense. but what but what what, make, what makes this in three work is that batman uh, brings him up and is like oh wait a second superman's holes in his chest is actually filled in like he's like he's like is he actually dead dead or is there something and that's where he, and that's where he sort of convinces the team that 
hey, uh, we may be able to use one of these, the, the magic space cubes to bring him back because look, he's kind of, he's not, there's no giant gaping doomsday doomsday size hole in his, where his chest was. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And it can still play into uh, one of the themes of the movie that existed was, man, Batman's such a dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. He just so, kept. He just kept his body. You're so yeah, weird. Yeah. So yeah. So at, so at, this, <laughs> so at this moment where like people are, they're like, you know, you 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 got Green Lantern killed. No, you got that Green Lantern killed. And yeah, the ring flies off, sets yeah. up, bringing Hal for the next movie or whatever it is. That's maybe your post credit scene is. Yeah. Lands on the. Hal Jordan, you Hal. have sufficient willpower and yeah. have been selected by the Green Lantern <laughs> yeah. Corps. So yeah. So yeah. So yeah, it's no musical. Maybe like not for John but, Stewart uh, or Kyle Rayner or whoever. Yeah. You don't need to use Hal. Hal is already Ryan Reynolds. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My uh, other change. My other change was actually actually you kill off Ryan Reynolds as the Green. I was gonna say that would have been great if, yeah. if it was just yeah. literally just, just a little bit of fan service. <laughs> Ryan, like, Ryan, like, Ryan Reynolds. Them, here's the weird thing. Probably would have been down for. Yeah. it. he would have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our shows, uh, this show and others from the network are being broadcast on G Radio. You can find that at gradio.ca. And you can find uh, our episodes on the CKWay Radio app. Uh, download it from the Apple App Store. You can listen to all the Alberta podcast uh, podcasts on that CKWay app. CKUA app as well. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us. Greg, thanks for joining us. Colin, thanks for joining thank us. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And uh, to you. Our faithful listeners. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And keep watching the skies. For Kaiju. Drift compatible. Drift compatible. There everyone's drift compatible. There we go. Race itself. This episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space focused on helping people pursue their passions and make Edmonton its creative best. Join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations, all dedicated to getting things done. Besides desks and offices, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio and meeting spaces, as well as a kitchen, Wi-Fi, and all the usual amenities. It's located in the historic McKinney Building on 104th Street, close to everything downtown, including the Bay LRT station. Book a tour today at unitb.ca. Thank you.